Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. God lives in a perfect community of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three separate entities in perfect harmony with each other. Not bored at all. Not needing entertainment. Not needing anything. They didn't create this world and, and the universe and all that stuff just so they can pass by time. They formed and fashioned it for the next creation. For what was going to come next. The story of creation is unlike anything we've ever read before. Just think, God didn't need to speak creation into existence. It wasn't to satisfy anything in Him. Rather, it was created for us as human beings. He spoke creation and gave man authority over it. In today's message, Pastor James will be sharing about the creation account. We can learn so much about the character of God as we read these first few chapters of Genesis. God is a creative being, and He created us to create. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Genesis chapter 1. As Pastor James begins his message, All Things Made New. Today, we're going to look at the concept of just kind of looking back, looking back, and that would be the overall kind of theme today. Do you guys like looking back on the past? Do you guys like doing that? Some of you, some of you are like, no way. Oh, no, I know what's back there, so no way. One of my favorite things to do is looking at pictures. I love looking at old photos. I just love looking at pictures. You get to, whether it's you or family members, but it it almost like transports you back to that time, and you kind of just... Old memories are maybe rehashed and, and you know, that, those, those kind of good things. May, hopefully they were good memories. I don't, if you got pictures of bad memories, what, what are you doing? Maybe, maybe throw those away, okay? Hold on to the good ones. But it maybe kind of takes you back and what that should do is just kind of bring a sort of comfort to you, but then also an encouragement to look forward, right? Like that's, that's the whole purpose. Because if you're only just ever, you're just always just looking back and never looking forward, well, number one, if, if you drive like that, you're going to get in a car wreck. It's not smart. Even living your life practically, it's just not smart. You can't always live in the past. You've got you to appreciate the past, but you also have to be looking forward. Where are you going? What are you, what's, what's to come? What's to come? That's what we're going to talk about today. So look at Genesis, if you don't mind, just Genesis chapter 1. Let's look back, okay? We're going to look back. I just want to remind us of what God has already done. He's already done this. He did this amazing thing. He created this world. He created this world, and it's spectacular. I love, I love this world. I love this planet. I love, I just love it. I absolutely love it. I can't get enough of it. Take me to the ocean. I'm satisfied. Take me to the mountains. I'm satisfied. I just love it, because you get to see the beauty and the creativity of God himself just on display. And I love it. I can't get enough of it. I was messing around with a telescope last night trying to find Jupiter because it's out there and it's really bright and all that good stuff. And I found it for a second. But even just those types of things, things that are far, far away, I'm just in awe because God just like, boom, there it is, speaks it and it happens. 
And it happens. It's nothing for him. It's nothing for him. I'm big time into art. I love art. And for me, God is the absolute greatest artist to have ever, well, he's never not existed. I mean, there's just, you cannot surpass his creativity. And it just blows me away. And Genesis 1 is always one of my favorite go-tos. Whether you read through the Bible throughout a year, or you just, you know, hopefully you're in the Bible and you're reading the Bible, you're enjoying this wonderful book that God has preserved for us. I just always love coming to Genesis chapter 1. Because it reminds me of like, Number one, how creative he is, how awesome he is, how powerful he is, but also how much he just loves us. Because if you don't see his love on display in chapter one, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, I don't know. You're breathing because he loves you. You're, you're living here. I don't know if you live on this island or not, but you get to live on this place. You can live anywhere on this world, basically, just that you being alive and having choice and all that. It's because God loves you. Like, it's amazing. So... Genesis chapter 1, let's just, I'm just going to skim through this real fast because we actually have another part of the scriptures we're going to camp out on for, for just a few minutes. But 1-1, one, one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we need to understand that this wasn't a solo act, okay? We know that there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's a trinity that's there. It's a perfect community of the Godhead, all right? We'll explain that. I can't. All right, I can't. And if I try to, I'm going to look like an idiot, okay? Because that, no, I can't fully grasp it, but it's God the Father, it's God the Son, and it's God the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of John talks about the fact that Jesus was present with him. Colossians talks about that it was, Jesus was very active in the whole creation process of the world. And the Holy Spirit himself was active within the creation of the world as well, okay? So we got all three working together, making this beautiful planet we get to enjoy. It's not just like an art project where God just makes it and it's like, oh yeah, look what I did. No, it's like, I made this for you, for my sons and my daughters. That's the whole emphasis. That's the whole point behind this thing. But it says, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then here's when you get into the, just God starting to, I mean, he formed, he fashioned this thing out of nothing. He fashion this thing. How does he do it? He's God. Explain it. Can't. Well, I can't. I mean, he create matter and material. He does. He can just do whatever he wants, okay? He's God, right? And if, if you can't settle in on that, then you just need to understand God Almighty, the God that we believe from this book that we worship and we serve can do whatever he wants to do, and he can make whatever he wants to make. He just, from this point on, he just begins speaking it into existence. He doesn't even have to form or fashion anything. He's going to, but here's where he just starts throwing it out. Verse 3, God said, let there be light. Boom, there's light. God saw the light. It was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let divide the waters from the waters. So it's like a canopy kind of a thing that's being created here. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above it, and it was so. God called the firmament heaven, okay? And so the evening and the morning, and it was the second day. Now, this isn't like, this is heaven, speaking of like sky and all that good stuff, atmosphere, all right? Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that, what, again, it was good. 
Everything he's doing is good. It's good, it's good, it's good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is, is in itself on the earth. And it was so, and the earth brought forth grass. The earth did what God told it to do. The herb that yields the seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning, the third day. See, God's even so brilliant that he's like, I just can make some trees that bear their own seeds and then they reproduce themselves and there you have lots of grass and lots of trees and lots of herbs. Boom. It's just genius. God is setting this all in place. That's the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be signs for the seasons and for the days and years and let them be lights. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day, that's what we call the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, the moon, and he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. You're like, whoa, hold on now. How do trees and all this stuff grow with no sun and all this stuff? Read a commentary. Figure it out. Um, look, he's got it. He's got to figure it out. Okay, it's not like God got to the fourth day and he's like, "Oh man, I did it backwards. I'm supposed to put the sun first. And he doesn't make mistakes. Okay, so I think he's got it figured out. So if we can't handle the reasoning, it's because our brains are too small. All right, and that's no, that's not a, an offense to any one of us, but that's just saying that he can comprehend and understand things that we will never comprehend. Okay, so. If you're like, I just can't, man, this is the one thing that keeps me away from Jesus. I'm like, hold on. That's just kind of silly. All right. Listen, it'll be okay. He figured it out somehow. Um, he's got a plan. All right. But you got the sun, you got the moon, you got the evening, you got the daytime. Verse 20, and let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures. You fishermen and some of you dads maybe are going fishing today. Well, here you go. This is why you're going fishing is because what God did on this day. Living creatures, let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them. This is fascinating because that key word that they talked about was this word blessing all throughout Genesis, blessing. Well, it started with the animals. And these specific animals, he blessed them. And he says, hey, be fruitful, multiply. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters in the sea, let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, cattle, creeping things, beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, 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 kind. That's just a repeated term all throughout there, just expressing that these animals produce these animals. That's just kind of how it works in nature. All right. These kinds of animals produce these kind, like kind of animals. It's just how it is. I don't believe that this is like some sort of like fairy tale or, or some, some kind of tall tale or anything. I actually believe that this literally happened. That's my stance on this. I believe that what we're reading through is not just some like ancient, this is Moses in Egypt or somebody before him or whatever. No, I believe that this is an account of like what literally happened, what literally happened. 
And I know people disagree with that and all that stuff. That's fine. But when I approach Genesis chapter one, I'm reading it as if it's like, yeah, this is, this is what happened. This is what happened. I don't have a hard time believing that. Why? Because God's pretty awesome. Because God's pretty big. And he can do, again, whatever he wants. And I think I used this illustration before, but kind of like Pop-Tarts, you know, out of the toaster, that's how these animals are coming up from the ground of the earth. Like, boom, boom, boom. They're just popping up, and it's just what he's doing. It's just, there it is. Let the earth bring forth the living creatures. So God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Now, all this for what? For him just to be entertained because he's bored? No. God lives in a perfect community of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three separate entities in perfect harmony with each other. Not bored at all. Not needing entertainment. Not needing anything. They didn't create this world and and the universe and all that stuff just so they can pass by time. They formed and fashioned it for the next creation, for what was going to come next. Everything, the trees, the herbs, the grass, the ant, all the stuff was made for the crown, the pinnacle of creation itself, which is you and I, believe it or not. Believe it or not. You might feel like, I'm not the pinnacle of creation. Now, listen, I'm not trying to say that to inflate your ego, right? And the world does not revolve around you. It's not about you. Even this book is not about you. It's about him. But this world was made so that you could live and thrive and bring glory to God. That's, that's why this world exists. That's why you exist. And we look back on this, and it's just... It's good to look back on it. It's good to remember. It's good to remember, right? Verse 26, God said, let us, that's the plural there, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over all the cattle and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, or that man there as Adam, like he said in the Hebrew, which is kind of mankind. He's created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This is how he did it. He's got a brilliant plan. He's like, I made a sweet place. I made this really sweet place. But it's, it's no good if there's nobody to occupy it. It's no good if there's nobody that we can place on this planet that is made in our image that can cultivate it, that can take care of it, that can enjoy it. It's a waste if humanity's not here. It's a waste if humanity's not here. God wasn't going to let that happen. He wasn't going to just make something to make something. He makes things with purpose. God is a God of purpose. Absolute purpose. He forms the earth and all the stuff for this reason, because he's going to populate this world with Adam, mankind, humanity. It says, verse 28, And he blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over everything that lives or thing that moves on the earth. Now, you need to understand this. Dominion doesn't mean like you're supposed to like 
rule it with some sort of authority where you're abusing it because that's not right. And unfortunately, that's where we're at in the world today. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. We have totally taken this wonderful, wonderful artwork, this, this amazing thing called creation, and we knew it was destined for this in one sense. And it's like we put our own little fingerprints on it, which just always doesn't, it just never goes well. It just never goes well. But here it is. The start is beautiful. The start is perfect. The start is literally good. Good. It is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. And if God thinks that something's good, I can promise you this, then it's pretty good. It's really good, okay? So everything is made, all that good stuff. He goes on to say, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of of all the earth, Uh, every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be food, also to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food. And it was so... Then God saw that everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So evening and morning were the sixth day. Right. So we look back at what God has done, and it's really good. It's very good. But we wake up today, and we look back at that, and it's like, and I don't know about you guys, I read this, you know, chapter one, because I know chapter three is coming. We all know chapter three is coming. Adam and Eve are going to blow it. They're just going to blow it. They're going to, you know, stain this wonderful artwork that that God himself has created. And we live within that reality. We live within that reality. Whether you like it or not, you were born into that reality. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, but God's made a, a way out. He's created this rescue plan. So... You can cry about it not being fair, or you can actually just do something about it and say, all right, it's not fair. I was born a sinner because of Adam. Yeah, Romans talks all about this and says there was a second Adam. His name's Jesus. He came and fixed the problem. So, you know, you can do something about it, and that's receive Jesus, and it's good. You're good, right? Like, but this world we live in, is, it's still it's corrupt, and it, it's messed up, and Day by day, we see this thing. It just seems to be falling apart. And all our efforts seem to be so futile and just even trying to preserve what, this beautiful creation and all that stuff. And Because humanity just seems to get, it just seems to grow darker and darker and just sin, and tragedy. It's like a plague upon this planet, and it is. The Word of God would even say that creation itself is groaning. It's groaning. For what? For a Redeemer. For somebody to come and to fix this problem. So we can look back and it's like, yeah, I wish I had a Garden of Eden experience, but I don't. But that doesn't mean that we won't ever have that. And this is the part where we look forward. So turn to Revelation chapter 21. The end of the book. We actually taught through this book before we started Genesis. Because that's all like sweet. Thinking back on, you know, Genesis chapter 1, even chapter 2 kind of gets into more of the minute details concerning Adam and Eve and, you know, how he'd taken this part of Adam and informed and fashioned Eve from that and how even the most intimate sense of creation of mankind, I mean, like I said, 
He's speaking all these other things into existence, but when it came to humanity, he stooped down to this earth and he formed and fashioned mankind from the dirt. He didn't speak mankind into existence. It was going to be way more personal than that. He was going to mold and shape and form and fashion humanity, and then he was going to perform CPR, so to speak. He was going to breathe life into this creation. That's literally what happens with Adam. First surgery, oh, you know, of all kind, happens when he, you know, puts Adam under, and he's like, don't worry, go to sleep, rest in me. And then Adam wakes up, and yeah, he might be missing something, but what he, you know, it's nothing. What was taken out of him is nothing compared to what God had presented to him in Eve. And he's like, whoa, whoa, I don't know. Something might be gone here, but I get this total package right here. Eve is the most awesome thing ever, right? And so that was the whole creation of humanity and all that good stuff. And it's good to look back on that, and that's, that's cool. Before sin entered into the equation, but we, can, we all know you can't travel back in time. You can look at photos, but you can't go back. You can't go back. You just can't. You can enjoy the past. You can reflect on it. You can't live in the past. You can't time travel. You can't do any of that stuff, at least as far as I know. And you don't want to anyways. Because we're not living for the past. We're living for what's to come. Revelation, the bookend, so to speak, of this beautiful love letter that God has, you know, written for us, tells us, hey, remember what I did in the beginning? Well, by the way, I'm going to do it again. And it's going to be better. It's going to be better. It's going to be way better. The Garden of Eden, that was cool. That was sweet and all that stuff. But what's going to happen, what's to come, is going to surpass that way beyond your wildest expectations. Revelation 21, this is at the end of it all. End of it all, end of the thousand year reign, end of the, you know, the rebellion and, and the tribulation, all that stuff. Revelation 21, this is like the end of it all, but the end is actually the beginning. Verse one, it says, now I, this is John, who was used by God to write the gospel of John, but then also first, second, and third John. He's explaining these things that he had seen in this vision. He says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. We talked about this many times because we love the sea. We love water. Now, again, is this figuratively speaking or is this literal? I don't believe it's literal. I think it's just because you read through the book of Revelation and nothing but bad stuff comes out of the sea. Nothing but there's a dragon that comes out of the sea. There's this woman this from Babylon who's over the sea. The sea is bad, bad, bad. Does that mean there won't be any or an ocean in the, because we saw in Genesis 1, there was one gigantic ocean. Does that mean that there won't be that in the new heaven and new earth? Here's where I stand on this. God made all these awesome sea creatures. Where are they going to live? New heaven, new earth. Where are they going to live? If he does away with the sea and the ocean, well, where do they go? Because it's not, I don't believe that animals are gone in the new heaven and new earth. I believe that, I believe that there's nothing that God creates that goes to waste. So what happens to all the sea creatures? Do they, I mean, how big is this river that's coming from the New Jerusalem? That would be my other question. It's like, okay, if there's no ocean, how massive is this river that sea creatures obviously would have to live in this thing? And if you're a surfer, don't worry. I've seen guys surfing on rivers before, so you'll be okay. 
We'll figure it out. I'm sure you'll figure it out. So don't worry about it. You've been listening to the radio ministry Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're based out of Galveston, Texas, with the support of Calvary Galveston and listeners like you. We trust that what you heard in today's message stirred something inside of you to a point of action. These teachings are meant to help you find hope and new life in Jesus, and that's our heart's desire for you today. If you're in the Galveston area, would you come be a part of what's happening at Calvary Galveston? Our atmosphere is simple, laid back, and uncomplicated. We just want to magnify Jesus at all ages. To learn more about our ministry, we invite you to visit breadforthebroken.com. We also do a live stream on Facebook, so check it out, even if you are a little further away. If you're interested in hearing more messages like this one, you can do that by going to the Listen tab at breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, why not discover a little more about the church and this ministry, as well as look for opportunities to partner with us here. There's a Give tab that's easily accessible on our website too, if you feel led to support us in a financial way. We'd also love it if you would join us in praying for this ministry. Pastor James is excited to share new things with you in the coming study. There's always more that we can gain from diving deep into God's Word. Until next time, we encourage you to stay connected to God and His Word, and to then come back for more solid teachings right here. We'll be waiting for you, here on Bread for the Broken.